This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to the show, fellow Ridiculous Historians. We'd like to start today's episode with just a couple of statistics, some of which may surprise you. You going to give us the straight poop, Ben? I am. I am. And I'm Noel, by the way. And yeah, you're Noel. I'm Ben. Uh, that's our super producer, Casey Pegram. Saving the show every time we are here in the booth with you. So first things first, the average American uses 23.6 rolls of toilet paper per year, per capita. Huh. Which doesn't seem like that much, right? No, it doesn't. Until you consider that there are over 300 million people in the U.S. Ah, yeah. We're lousy with people. And that makes a total of 7.4 billion rolls of toilet paper used in the U.S. each year. You ever just think about, just picture everyone in the world's butt? Uh, you know what? Kind of blows the mind a little bit, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And butts. some people will think it's particularly cheeky of us to have back-to-back uh, -to -back episodes related to butts, or should we say cheek-to-cheek? -cheek? Yeah, you know, like the way you dance with the lady in red. You know, thanks for classing that up, man. Uh, we <laughs> Seriously, I think we need as much class as we can get in this episode. The average American uses 50% more TP than people in Western Europe and Japan. Huh. And there's a big reason for that, which is the subject of our episode today. 
which, by the way, yes, <laughs> let me tell you, we are excited about this for a couple of reasons. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you guys know what custom content is. That's sort of the industry buzzword for when you make a piece of content for a company, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we're doing today. But it's totally awesome because I am just a huge fan of bidets. First of all, and I'm a huge fan of this company that is sponsoring this episode, a company called Tushy, mm-hmm. who actually sent us these bidets. And I will tell you, my friend, my butt has never been cleaner. My disposition has never been sunnier. Uh, I, I'm just loving life. And the bidet life is the life for me, my friend. Yeah, it's a brand new bidet. <laughs> Get it? I see what you did there. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's gonna We've happen. been throwing that around. Although apparently I saw a, an Englishman talking about it, and he pronounces it bidet. Yeah, I saw I saw the same video. Mm-hmm. Now, uh Let's continue peeking behind the curtain here because I I want to assure you, friends and neighbors, that my co-host enthusiasm is genuine and sincere. I literally talk about it all the time. It's weird. It it gets weird sometimes. But, but, oh, but, (laughs) this is going to be ridiculous. No, it's fun. I'm having fun already. So in our, uh, in another show that we do, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know with our illustrious, amazing co-host, Matt Frederick, uh, we actually also did a bidet sponsorship. We did some ads for them. But this episode came about because we reached out to them and said, we're going to do this anyway. Do you guys want to hang out, basically? Mm -hmm. And we're so glad that we we reached out to them. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, (laughs) because it just made sense. And it's like podcasts need sponsors. Yeah. Why not? uh, There's a match made in but heaven <laughs> because we're also we're also fairly silly and juvenile for two grown men you know what I, i'm never gonna let that boyish uh, potty mind die heck yeah bangerang that's what i say very good rufio rufio, rufio. Mm-hmm. so we started investigating the history of this and just at the very front of the episode we want to point out the following Although it can seem very hilarious and silly, and I would argue rightfully so, to talk about these kinds of uh, these kinds of gadgets and mm-hmm. the techniques people use to stay clean yeah. across the world, right. the truth of the matter is that sanitation is a tremendously important thing throughout history and in the modern day. Yeah, have we talked about the fact that today, um, in San Francisco specifically, I saw an interview with the head of their sanitation. Um, it costs something like... A million dollars a month or something like that just to clean out their sewage system? Yeah, there are a lot of people. And those those costs aren't really going to go down. Well, it's because of this thing. If, if you heard of this, it's called a fatberg. Do you know what a fatberg yeah, is? It's the collection of, like, grease yeah. and uh, dirt and hair. Toilet paper. Toilet paper especially. Wipes that you're not supposed to flush. Sanitary products. Condoms. Absolutely. Just all the stuff that you're not supposed to flush. Um, and that's a huge infrastructure cost. I actually saw an article about one of these fatbergs that was so massive in London. Uh, it was the size of like a double decker bus. They removed it and they put it under glass in a museum. <laughs> yes, yeah. And it looks just as disgusting as you might imagine. You yeah. can find it. You you can find this article uh, online, and you don't have to take our word for it. Uh, the only recommendation we would make before you read the article is to be sure that you are not eating as you peruse it. They call it the Whitechapel Monster. Which is such a cool name. And in England, London rather, Thames Water, which is the company that operates the water system there in London, Mm -hmm. spends a million pounds a month 
just to clear these kinds of blockages. And it's a constant battle. It's not like they're getting ahead of Uh the problem. It's strange because we spend so little time thinking about how important sanitation is, especially in a world where the majority of people now officially live in urban areas. So this Fatberg stuff, this problem with uh, sewage infrastructure, it's not going to go away. For most of our listeners here in the U.S., a bidet, which you've probably heard of before, sounds like a very, you know, fancy pinkies up European thing, right? Mm -hmm. You would would associate it with an upper crust lifestyle. That's for good reason. And there's a great reason for that. So let's, let's turn back the clock. Let's let's travel to France. 16th century, maybe? That's right, the 16th century. You see, in the 1500s, a bidet was a word referring to a specific type of pet, a, a pony, to be, uh, to be absolutely specific about it. And these ponies were kept by French royalty. The, the word bidet itself originates from an old French word, uh, which I... <laughs> graphically mispronouncing, uh, bidere, which means to trot. Mm-hmm. And these, um, you know, I'm picturing these fancy Frenchmen and women in their finery mm-hmm. trotting around on these dainty little ponies, perhaps with <laughs> ringlets in their manes, mm-hmm. you know? Flowing locks. Flowing locks bedecked with little little bows, maybe? I don't know. White stockings. Whatever, man. I'm edit- we're, we're editorializing here, but I'm, I'm just painting a picture, okay? It's yeah. for effect. But it wasn't until the 1600s mm-hmm. that the bidet, as we know it, the bidet, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, was kind of came to, to into fruition, but it wasn't what we know today. No. Today's bidet. It no. wasn't today's bidet. It was the bidet of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really just like a, a sink that yeah. looked like a chair. So what, yeah, let's, let's take a closer look at these bidets of yesterday. The apparatus itself was, um, it resembled in some ways an ottoman, an ornamental ottoman. The basin was set within wooden furniture and bidets themselves, mm-hmm. uh, you, you'll hear different contradicting claims about whether there were was a single inventor or whether there were multiple people to whom the idea occurred around the same time. But one thing for sure we know is that they were furniture makers mm-hmm. because these things were set into wooden furniture. And the thing about that too is there's a reason for that, Ben, because these were not in bathrooms because they didn't have indoor plumbing. The idea of a bathroom would, would be more likely it would be like in your chamber pot, right. which was just a bucket under your bed, poo and pee into, uh-huh. or in your uh, dressing room or what have you, your, mm-hmm. your uh, what do you call it, your boudoir, mm-hmm. right? And the um, the bidet would just be this little, uh, I'm, like, I'm thinking of it as like a nightstand kind of mm-hmm. with short legs and this inlaid basin of water mm-hmm. that would just be filled up and you'd squat over it and literally splash yourself Manually. Right. And this would be, I, I love the point you bring up about there not being a separate bathroom mm-hmm. or restroom. So this would be either in the dressing chambers or in the bedroom itself. And to keep it classy, it would often be a lid, something made of wood or wicker or leather. And a lot of this, you know, you, these furniture makers would inlay these little basins into these wicker furniture, like you were saying, Ben. And it was almost to like disguise the uh, the function of mm-hmm. the device. Yeah, because it's... It's a very intimate thing. You're already in someone's bedroom, and then you see how they handle some very personal business. But 
the I feel weird every time we say but. I'm going to get over this. I promise. However, I like it. <laughs> there we go. Good substitute. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, however, in the origin story of the bidet, it is inherently intertwined with the story of class in France. And that is why, as, as we alluded to at the top of the show, that is why bidets, even today, are seen as this more upper crust, fancy thing. And you start to see why this might not have taken off in the United States quite as much because of that association with uh, almost uh, hedonism, right? Because mm-hmm. soldiers would see these when they were traveling around Europe during World War II. Yeah, and we want to give a shout out to The Atlantic because there is a fantastic article we found called The Bidet's Revival. In this article, author Maria Teresa Hart explores not just the somewhat murky origin of the bidet, but I would argue even more importantly, the social role it played. It occurred in culture. It was found in paintings. It was referenced by the uh, most wealthy, successful people of the time. Yeah, even Marie Antoinette, as she awaited her uh, her head to be chopped off by the guillotine, um, was able to get her uh, gold-encrusted bidet in her cell. Because she was, that was like one of the comforts that she was used to. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she used to travel around with one, had one made that would go in her coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was very much associated with like kind of the upper crust. But then it filtered down to kind of everyone eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, everyone in Europe. Everyone in Europe, right? exactly. Yeah. 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 And then eventually Asia mm-hmm. um, and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere except the United States. And what this article does a fantastic job of doing is kind of exploring why that might be. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Sometimes to get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. We're nothing if not trailblazers here at Ridiculous History. And you know who also is a huge uh, iconoclastic challenger of the status quo, Ben? Who is that, Noel? I think you know. 
It's mm. Harry's. Yes, it's Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by all kinds of like slipshod, questionable products in the shaving industry. And they said, hey, you got to be the change. I was excited to try out the Winston set. It's an all-in-one package. You get some shaving cream. You get that great razor we're talking about. They also have deodorant. Yeah, I was about to say. Very helpful. I do really enjoy uh, their line of self-care products. Um, Richly lathering, skin-softening body washes and scents like redwood, wild lens, and stone. You want to know what a stone smells like? I've often wondered. Only you know you can. <laughs> so don't settle for the status quo, folks. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash history. Once again, that's harrys.com slash history for a $3 trial set. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's this. There's always a catch. So when we heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, what's the catch? So we dug in. And after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Can you believe that? Mint Mobile's got a secret sauce, babies, and it is that they sell wireless service online and by doing so, cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet, sweet, delicious savings directly onto you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, real quick timeline. The first written reference to the bidet itself is in 1726 in Italy. But as we know, the first written reference doesn't mean it, it wasn't around. Right. Oh, of course. It just meant that we have surviving documentation of someone writing about it. Oh, and by those days, Ben, it was a fancier version. It had like yeah. a pump uh, with the water that would squirt. You know, the you more like, yeah, yourself. you didn't have to splash. That seems very <laughs> messy and ineffective. So... Around this time, from the 1700s on, Europe experiences what we can only call a bidet boom, a boom of bidets. I love it. It sounds like a, just an explosion of bidets going everywhere. Yes. Watch out. <laughs> They're flying through the air to a home near you, and it spread to other social classes in France, as you said, Noel, to other countries in Western Europe, and then Latin America, the Middle East, Asia, but... Not the U.S. And there's a weird there's a weird reason for that. And we we should explore that, you know, while we're here at this point in space and time. How did the U.S. not jump on the bidet train? How did they not straddle the bidet train? Ben, it's a good question, because everything we've said up to this point makes it sound like a pretty appealing train to ride, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it helps the environment. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't even talk about how much water and resources are used in making toilet paper and paper products in general, right? Right, uh, And how much money it costs um, local and state governments to clean up these disgusting blobs of, of congealed teepee and crap that are clogging up our sewer systems. And as a bidet user myself, I can tell you, sir, it leaves you feeling fresh as a daisy. Well, they're more hygienic. That's part of it. That's a big part I of it, too. I think that's a big part. Yeah. But despite this, despite these advantages, and 
friends and neighbors, you can tell that we have our we have a pretty strong opinion about this stuff. Uh, but despite the advantages that were inherently present in bidet technology, they were thought of as very dirty, filthy things Why the in the U.S. Up? Why? Because in World War II, we've got Allied troops, U.S. troops stationed in Europe, right? And they are visiting. There's, there's no need to use a euphemism here. They are visiting bordellos. They are visiting houses of prostitution. And they saw bidets and bathrooms, which was a normal thing. But because of the location they were at, they started to associate these with sex work. Interesting. I feel like uh, it's a little crappy of them to judge. Uh, oh boy, <laughs> to judge when they're 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 hanging out in the bordellos. Like what? They're good mm. enough to pay for sex, but they're like freaked out by their strange cleansing implements. Mm-hmm. And also the process by which a bidet cleanses someone after they have used the restroom, right? Or had intercourse. Or had intercourse. Yeah, it's associated with a sexual aspect because you're washing out genitalia, right? That's absolutely true. In fact, it was even associated with birth control. Mm -hmm. And birth control in those days equals sin, hell, and damnation. And we found a great quote from a birth control pioneer, uh, Norman Hare, in 1936, right? Yeah, that's right. He says that in Anglo-Saxon communities where bathrooms are notoriously cold and joyless rooms, uh, lacking any kind of warmth or decor, um, the very presence of a bidet would have been regarded as like a, a symbol of sin. Right, which is so strange because, again, we see this association with hedonism, debauchery, and uh, obscene wealth carrying over from the 1700s to World War II, dude. That's right. This would have been way in like the 40s. So Mm. we've got the um, evolution of the bidet kind of reaching its logical conclusion at this point where you've got indoor plumbing at this point. Mm. So the bidet has moved into the bathroom next to the toilet. It's still a separate implement. And that's why a lot of Americans, when they see them, it's rife for comedy in like, you know, Euro vacation or somebody, someone ends up drinking from the bidet and then making a joke about how, hey, pretty cool. Y'all have water fountains in the bathroom here. They're kind of low, though. Yeah, weird. I forget what that is. That's definitely in a movie, and I can't remember which one. Write us and let us know. Yeah, people getting squirted in the face and stuff. There's there's another association that bidets had which worked against them, at least in the U.S., and it is tied to the misogyny of the time, and that is that they were helpful in the process of menstruation. That's right, because there were no sanitary products in these days. Um, There's actually a really amazing-sounding book called Unmentionable, The Victorian Lady's Guide to Sex, Marriage, and Manners. So this is – we're going back a little bit, but this is still – doesn't get much better than this. Um, And it it talks about how women to – rid themselves of uh, the product of menstruation, the the blood, would use – what they referred to as jelly rags. And it was literally just a piece of fabric that they would use to physically wipe this area. And that just sounds really unpleasant and messy. And Mm -hmm. the bidet would give you a nice little spritz, clean Mm -hmm. you right off. You're good to go for at least a little while. Right, right. And so it's strange now when we look back from 2018 that the ability to uh, provide a more healthy alternative 
in the process of menstruation was not seen as a selling point. It was placed on the same level as prostitution or um, unwanted pregnancy, to be delicate about it. And these all became hindrances for the bidet itself because they, they were inherently being linked in the American consumer's mind with a bunch of things that at the time people just did not speak of in public. We're kind of jumping all over the place a little bit, which is fine. That's what we do. Um, but if we go back to 1928, according to this um, amazing Atlantic article, there was actually a patent for a design that's very similar to what we see in bidets today by our buddy John Harvey Kellogg, mm-hmm. you know, of the, cornflakes and masturbation fame. Uh-huh. Cornflakes anti-masturbation Excuse fame. Excuse me. <laughs> well, he would he would take exception. He's also a big fan of enemas, which mm-hmm. I think we mentioned we in did. an earlier and episode. Yogurt enemas, I believe. Was yeah, it. yeah. Weird guy. But, Weird you know, uh, forward thinking when it comes to washing your butt, and he was American. Yeah, he was American, and his uh, very particular beliefs about how one would pursue personal health obviously led him to design this thing. Now, there's no two ways about it. Harvey Kellogg may have been really eccentric, but he was also a brilliant person. So he would have, if the bidet had not already been invented centuries before, he would have invented it in the U.S. Oh, dude, but I'm looking at this patent right now. It's a drawing. Yeah. And it's, it's just called J.H. Kellogg Anal Douche. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it's his title. And it's a, it's a, it's like a nozzle. It's, I'm sorry, I'm not. John Harvey Kellogg, Anal Douche. <laughs> and it's a, it's a, it's a nozzle. It's a nozzle that it kind of splits off from the water supply that you would see. And it's the same as, and it hasn't changed much, right? Indoor plumbing. Yeah. Um, and it goes up and kind of out from underneath the toilet seat. And there's just a little spritzer nozzle. And you have a control with a valve mm-hmm. and it spritzes you. Yeah. And you, you might ask, isn't it going to go everywhere? No, sir. Or madam. Or whomever. Mm. It's blocked by your butt. Goes yeah. in your butt. That's true. Yeah. Now, of course, we should also point out that these things were not advertised as a complete replacement for the use of toilet paper. They were in addition to. So you use much less toilet paper. Because one of the questions people would have is, uh, how do you dry yourself off? Right? That's He's a dab. That's where that stuff comes into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you use so much less toilet paper, but still, as we're in the 20th century, early to mid 20th century, bidets are seen as hedonistic, European. And I hope you can hear the italics when we say it that way. Uh, like they, ooh la la. Right, exactly. European. Mm-hmm. And they seemed set to remain a thoroughly un American thing, but that didn't stop people from trying to make bidet waves. Uh, There was a guy named Arnold Cohen who was the founder of the American Bidet Company because he created a specific type of bidet for his father who was having some health problems. Some hemorrhoids, perhaps? Mm -hmm. Or Mm. rashes. Yeah, yeah. Or you can get these, like, uh, they call them fissures um, that you can get from having, you know, being unclean down there. Mm -hmm. It's it's, uh, it's bad times. Mm -hmm. And he... uh, He ultimately had a very difficult time with this, even though he was an experienced veteran uh, man in the advertising industry. No matter what he did, he couldn't really seem to get this off the ground and in bathrooms across America. We're in the 60s at this point. We're in the 60s. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, 1964. And he he did some out-of-the-box stuff. He went on his own initiative. 
he installed hundreds or thousands of these all over New York. Yeah, but unfortunately, this is one man going up against big toilet paper, which is a thing. It is. Can we hear some stats about how much toilet paper is sold, how much money is generated from toilet paper in this country a year? Yeah, Yeah, because we had the stats about how much is used. I want to know how much is, yeah. Let's put some financial numbers on that. Dude, this is insane. Okay, so Charmin Ultrasoft, which is, you know, you, you know, you know Charmin. They've been sure. around for a long time. They got a lot of brand recognition. Yeah, yeah. They're only the third most popular brand of toilet paper uh, in sales. Their Charmin Ultrasoft variety um, made more than a billion dollars alone in 2017. Wow. The most popular mm-hmm. private label made $1.7 billion in 2017. So when we say big toilet paper, holy smokes, we are not kidding. It's a billion-dollar booming business. Butts. Belligerently opposed to bidets, yes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Thanks. So we can tell from those statistics, which are, are really recent, 2017 you said, right? Yes, sir. So we can tell that the battle between bidets and toilet paper did not work out for bidets back in the 60s in the U.S. But you know where it caught on? Nora Cohen did find success for the American Bidet Company. Do tell. Japan. Ah, oh, that's right. Because the Japanese were importing a lot of American toilets mm-hmm. um, because original Japanese toilets were really uncomfortable. They were super low to the ground. You had to squat, which now they've got these squatty potties and they say that it's good for you. But I, I don't know about all that. But the Japanese, being very innovative people, um, kind of really took that bidet design that Kellogg patented so long ago mm-hmm. and took it to the next level. There's this company called Toto that makes a product called the Washlet, which is a remote controlled bidet with a heated seat that can be hot or cold. Uh, the bidet stream can change directions. If you wanted to go counterclockwise or clockwise or give you a nice direct uh, jet kind of water pick <laughs> vibe, you right, know, right. you can do that. And these things are like thousands of dollars. Or some yeah. of them. It depends. They're like, you know, luxury uh, toilet seats. But the bottom line one is maybe $500, which is still very expensive. Very in, expensive. In comparison to a regular commode. Yeah. You or, know? you know, the amazing product from our pals at Tushy. <laughs> there we go. There we go. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. 
And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. So we see that this technology originates in France and proliferates throughout the world, but we also see that this partially because of the cultural associations, I think more and more frequently because of the price point, uh, bidets have been, uh, you know, a, f- a distant second place in the story of sanitation here in the U.S. Yeah, you know how much toilet paper was sold in Europe in 2017? Much less than in the U.S. 13 mil. It's relatively drop, drop in the Drop in the chamber bucket. Because we're talking, there we go, drop in the chamber bucket, because we're talking about a continent there. That's yeah. not just a country, that's Europe entire. And so this catches us up to the modern day. There's an excellent article on our website, HowStuffWorks.com, by Allison Cooper called The Bidet. Is it making a comeback? And it turns out, as you and I have been talking about off-air, Noel, it turns out that uh, The Bidet may actually have its time to shine here in the States. To shine up our buttholes. (laughs) Yeah, man, that's that's the truth of the matter. And look, we know this can sound. Um, we we know that's a nine. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh my god! Well done. We're on uh, fire. We know this can sound a little bit strange, but the facts, the objective statistics, are on the side of this argument that bidets are gaining ground here in the U.S. And I think a huge part of that is because. For decades, I assumed, and I think most everybody assumed, rightly so, that you would have to remodel your house. You would have to install a new water line to run to that bidet, right? That's right. But now, thanks to our pals at Tushy, 
<laughs> He's got a super <laughs> low-profile bidet attachment that has gained popularity, and it's actually very similar to that uh, patent from from our buddy Kellogg from 1930. It just splits off from the existing water line, and look, we know, we know. They're, they're sponsoring the show, but I, I, I really do. It, it's, it's a great thing to have in your house. I'm a fan. And I really hope the bidet revolution uh, continues on full force. And I, I'll be leading the charge, my friend. Mm-hmm. I don't it, know about you. It's a brand new bidet in America. We got there, Noel. We did, man. <laughs> we hope that – I think it's fairly obvious to everyone that uh, we we enjoyed ourselves so much on this episode. I'm Casey, I am sure that you have cut out – Several solid minutes of us just laughing at each other. Just saying butts. Just saying butts. Uh, But we, dang it. However, we hope you enjoyed this episode uh, as much as we enjoyed exploring it. And again, as funny and silly as it may seem, as taboo as it may feel to discuss these things, the truth of the matter is that for multiple reasons, uh, the role of toilet paper, the role of personal sanitation. The role of toilet paper? Oh, I just walked into that I one. I love it. Oh, man. Thank you, Noel. I wouldn't have noticed that one. Uh, these these various factors come into play in a tremendously important way. Not just environmentalism, but also your own personal health. I think those U.S. versus European toilet paper sales stats speak volumes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, So let us know what your experiences are like. Uh, We have a lot of listeners from around the world. I'd also be interested to hear from folks in Australia because we didn't really explore uh, Australia's sanitation in this episode. Yeah, and does the water really turn down the drain in the other direction? (laughs) Let us know. You can write to us at ridiculous at howstuffworks.com. You can hit us up on our Facebook page, or better yet, join our Facebook group, The Ridiculous Historians, where we get into all kinds of fun stuff. We'd like to thank Casey Pegram for yet again saving the show. We'd like to thank Allison Cooper and John Donovan over at How Stuff Works. Yeah, and, and L'Oreal Dove while we're at it. She didn't really write anything today, but uh, I just, I just such I, a cool I, I sound cue. I'm sorry. We also want to thank Alex Williams, who composed our track, and most importantly, as we as we love to say every episode, we'd like to thank you, specifically you. Buy a tushy bidet. Buy a tushy bidet. Buy a tushy bidet. <laughs> oh no! That's a subliminal. You like that? Yeah, you're proselytizing. I know. That's it for now, but stay tuned for our next episode where we cover very strange stories of voter fraud. Oh, yeah. Um, We're talking election fraud in the 1800s that includes stuff ranging from all kinds of bad behavior. Kidnapping, forced intoxication. And my favorite one, repeat voting in disguise. We can we got to get a trench coat. You can't make this stuff up. And a fake mustache. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. We'll see you then, ridiculous historians. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events 
Prince the other week. I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber team rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your team to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonies are from current FASA members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways, rolling vineyards, and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. 